Um, but as we look at how we do this as a body, we start digging in, and we started this journey by looking at Matthew 9, 35, and 38 two weeks ago. And especially what stuck out to me is when the Bible says, in some translations say, that Jesus looked up, and even though he was ministering in the land for about a year and a half, and even though he was healing the sick literally, sometimes I wonder if we really like, no, really, did he? Or is that a nice story? And I, I believe and know he did. He literally healed the sick physically. He healed emotionally. He, he was ministering throughout this whole area, which is, again, only, if you will, about as big as our area. You know, come down here to Haines City, back around Winter Haven. And so a year and a half, and then suddenly, it's, if he looks up and he goes, and he looks out, and he sees people just tired. They're weary. And he says, I look out and I, and I see the multitudes, the groups of people everywhere. Multitudes, meaning groups of people everywhere. And they're weary. It's like they're a sheep without a shepherd. And when I first read that, I remember, I remember many years ago, many, many years ago, I remember thinking, well, wait a minute, this is Jesus. And, and I thought Jesus, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a brand new believer, never went to church. Hear me out. I thought he was the man. I mean, I thought, I'm reading the story, well, if he's ministering, then everyone gets it, and there's no problems, and hallelujah, seriously. And, and I'm just, I, I really wasn't confused, but I didn't understand at that time what was going on. And, and, and more as I grow more in my faith and, and, and more in equipping the church, but I do understand because I was very transparent two weeks ago, and I want to remind us, even as people of God that go to church every Sunday or whatever it might be was our church day, you know, if we're not careful, we'll grow weary. We'll grow weary. We're, we're to serve, we're to be a part, we're to, we're, to, we're to work in the kingdom, serve in the church. But if our focus is not Christ and if our focus is where we're going today, if our focus is not the body coming together, you have a few parts of the body that do all the work and you just grow weary. It ought not to be. It's not God's design or his desire at all. So we talked about that. And then last week, we were in Ephesians 4 and 1 through 6. And this is just a brief summary here. And the title was, The Laborers Are United. And we talked about walking worthy of our calling, bearing with one another in love, keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and, and that's so important to understand because if we come to a place where we have repented of our sin, recognize our sin separates us from God, and we only can do that by God himself revealing that to us, and we put our trust in Christ as our Savior, we are called, literally called. And what I mean by that is the very Spirit of God literally indwells a believer. And you don't get any more called than that. Right. And so the next thing you know, you're having this commune or this communication and this two way relationship with the very spirit of God and with a, a very personal creator, God, all through his son, Jesus Christ. And I help explain that maybe a little bit is like this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So as I look at that relationship and I look at what God has for us, we're called and we're to bear with one another. Remember that from last week? 
People can do stupid stuff, including me. And when, when the body does something stupid, that's a biblical word. When the body does something stupid, do we, do we nail them? Do we yell at them? Do we kick them out? No, we love them and we walk with them. Now, sometimes there's a point, I've been a part of a few where church discipline had asked, usually had to ask a couple people to leave. I mean, I, I'm just saying, because with love and grace comes discipline. But you know what? God's desire is that we walk in his grace, and as a body, we learn to work as a body, to live as a body, to love as a body. And when someone does something that we think is stupid, we don't yell at them, we don't point it out, we don't call it, you know, we don't ask for judgment, how dare they, but we love them. And if we can't speak the truth in love, which we're going to talk about in a minute, then then just shut your mouth. It's okay. I mean, seriously, just it's okay. If you can't speak in love as a body to one another, someone in the body will do it for you. That's, isn't that awesome? <laughs> if, we, if we work as a body. Come on, we all have those times. Sometimes I need to keep my, shut, my mouth shut. I mean that, right? And so we work as a body. And then in Ephesians, it talked about there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Right? There's only one. Come on. There's only one, and it's not me, and it's not you. Our selfishness will mess us up, James says. Where do quarrels and fights come from among you? From you. <laughs> it's those things staring up in your heart that tries to stir up trouble or think something's not right or something's. So we look at the scriptures and we say, Four Quarters Baptist Church, you that are visiting here this morning, you that are gonna or that are listening on the web, and you that will listen in the future on the web or internet. We're one body with one spirit in common. We only really have one hope. Cut it out. One hope. Stop trying to have hope everywhere else. One Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God. Amen. This we pray, we dive into this morning's message. Father God, we thank you for your love and your grace. Lord, I, I, I think of Heather's testimony. Oh Lord, you have a testimony on all of our lips. We're to be a witness to your goodness and your grace. And First Corinthians tells us where you have blessed us and where you have brought us through where your grace has been exhibited to us, where the trials that we're in, you walked with us and showed us the way out, you, may it be so. For everyone here this morning has a story, a story that you know very personally. Father, may we be a people that witness and testify to your goodness and your grace about you, your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to skip that on purpose, um, Ryan. So let's dive in. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, and we're going to start at verse 7. You know what? I'm going to start at verse 11. I know that says 7 through 16. Let me start at verse 11, because I really highlighted uh, 7 last week. So as you're turning there, flipping there, going on the Internet, using your phone, your iPad, or your tablet, 
Sorry, Pastor Rowley. I know that probably just messed you up. Pastor Rowley and I have many talks about him translating from English to Spanish. <laughs> because I, it's hard for me. I've got three years of Spanish in, in me, and I, I know habla espanol. Yeah, no entiendo. And I can say, de donde es usted, pretty good. but And then I just messed that up, but that's okay. Language is awesome. Language is a bunch of sounds. Think about this. Language is just noises. There's, um, there, uh, Woodcliffe, Woodcliffe did a translation, a, a literal, they say, translation of um, a tribe somewhere the other side of Africa. And it literally, this is, I don't know, I'm not saying anything, but it's like, it, it says, it's only noise, not written. And so they did it verbally. They did it through, um, you know, of course, audio and then put it on flash drives and, and things like that. Language is just noise. How do you take a bunch of people like we have? We're so diversified here. How do you take different cultures, different nationalities, different people? How do you put them in one body? Because, again, the majority of churches aren't so diverse, right? I mean, we know that, right? Okay, because of our area and our people, we're very diverse. How do you do that? Everyone thinks differently. The cultures are differently. Uh, Pastor Rollo and I are constantly talking about that. He says, you know, when you say certain things, I have to be very careful because it depends on who I'm interpreting to, they might really misunderstand a few words you say. And I don't know, some of you might not grab that, but I'm telling you, so I'm just going, man, that's crazy. And I'm thinking and I'm praying, God, you know where we're at as a body. You know you're, you're bringing together one body, one spirit, one hope, right, right? So you bring all these different people, all these different nationalities, all these different personalities, all these different characters, all these people together. How do you do that? How do we do that? And then he goes, it, Tony, become one body, speak one language, mine. For all other things fade away when we look to the Word of God for His truth. We're to speak the truth in love. Does that mean everyone? Yeah. Does that speak the same in every language? Yeah. So we take God's Word and His language to us, His love language to us, and as a body we embrace it, and the more we embrace it, and the more we eternalize it, and the more we memorize it, and hide his word in our heart, and the more we come together as a body and start using our gifts and plugging in together and we pray for one another, the more we do that, we're speaking one language. We're speaking within one culture, for lack of a better way to say it. Guys, it almost seems like it's like can't happen, like it's not real. But that's his desire. So let's look at this. Here we go. Verse 11. And he himself... Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness or the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth 
in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body join and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Take a deep breath. If you are a born-again believer and you're in this room, you're a part of the body God has placed you in here at Four Corners. Now, think about that. Winter visitors, you're part of this body. I mean, and we embrace that. I mean, we really do. When you come here for six months or whatever it might be, you're a part of this body, and we embrace that. So what does God have us to do as a body? What does God have us to do to work out these things we're being equipped in? Last week, I talked about equipping, that, that God gave some to be pastors and preachers and teachers and shepherds, again, depending on the, the translation, but it all, it all works out the same. But the point is that he gave, God gave. He gave four corners of me, for example, uh, Pastor Rowley. We have, we have Bible teachers to equip this body. So here we go. Let us be equipped. I want you to go to verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Has anyone ever looked at you eye to eye and said, grow up? Might have been mama, might have been dad, but, but you know, grow up. Now, how well did you receive that? Most of the times not, right? Most of the times, what do you do? Eh, you shut that door, you shut your mind, you, you don't want to think you know, well, who do you think you are, or you just don't understand. But, but he, he is saying, as, as he's speaking this out, he's saying, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So he desires, God desires, that when we speak the truth in love, that number one, we're, we're in need of speaking the truth meaning there's something going on or there's a scenario or even just an, an equipping. But, but when something is happening, that we approach one another in love. Now, watch, but how do you define love? We, we could say, well, that's subjective. And so, we ha again, we have different personalities. We have different people. We have different characters. We have different cultures. And, and people act differently and say things differently. They have even hand gestures you got to be careful of sometimes, right? And all this dynamic is going on. But that's not, that's not what he's saying, though. He's saying, speak the truth and love in him. In him. So if we have an opinion about something, we just, we ought really not to say it if it's stirring up an emotion in us. I'm not saying we shouldn't give an opinion like, hey, you guys, well, I almost messed up. I was going to say we're going to paint the sanctuary. What color? That would have been. Take that back. Take it off the recording. That's not. 
but it's in him. So the, the first check in our heart is if we're fixing to speak something that's critical or judgmental to someone that they just have to hear or they just have to say it, then don't say it because if we can't say that in love and we have to bring up the point of something they're doing, something they're saying, how they're doing, how they're saying it, you understand what I'm saying? Then don't say it. Now, why am I equipping us this morning in this area? It's not because we have a lot of issues in this area. Number one, it's coming from our walk in, in just talking about the body and being united. But number two, I, I, this is what I know about God, his word, and by faith I say this. Where is God taking four corners? Where has he brought us and where has he taken us? Let me tell you, most of you know, but here's, here's where he's taken us. He's taken four corners with eyes to see where he's already working. And he's having us to have a heart that in our lives that we look and we see, God, where are you working? And, and where are you working as I travel here? Where are you working? And, 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 and to discern and to have a heart and a relationship with God where we can see him working. Now watch, I'm going somewhere with this. And I know when God's people come together and unite as a body, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the very end here. But when we come together, when we unite, when we see where God is working, when we see where God is working in our everyday life, it's natural, but unnatural at the same time. But by the Spirit and by the Word and by your witness, all of a sudden you're going to find people coming in from our everyday life. Because they're going to start seeking who God is. They see God in you. And they, they want, I'm telling you, don't be deceived. People still want God. I don't, they might say they don't. They might, but there's a void there. There's an emptiness that still cries out and still hungers for the truth and for purpose. And before you know it, you start having people in our everyday lives coming into this body. Okay, now, you know, I've made a comment. I'm not trying to be funny. I, again, it's stupid is a biblical word. If we have a few stupid people here, which I be one sometimes, can you imagine if our body, if this church got serious about being a witness and, and telling our story to our everyday life people and people coming in from our everyday life started coming in? Okay, who hears around people that not only are stupid, but they're really stupid? And they might say something, do something, you know, talk some way, right? And so as a body, if we're not prepared for that, unfortunately, I've seen this in my, my, my ministries too many times. I'm an equipping pastor. I've been in this, this area for t more than 20 years. And it's, it's biblical. They'll come in and they'll, they'll, they'll leave if we don't know how to interact and love them where they're at. If we don't, I'm just telling you, because... Because people of the world don't speak the same language as we of the church. And I don't mean like this is a sanctuary. I mean, even, even that is fading away. Uh, most young people, little side note, most young people under the age of 15, if they don't go to the church, would have no clue if you said go to the sanctuary. None. Zip. That's how far things like that are removed. All right, back to the sermon. So the thing is, is, so how do we engage where God is working? How do we go from where we're at and as we're starting to uh, move out in our everyday life uh, as a church too, but I'm talking this morning about our everyday life, how do we then when people come in, how do we interact with them? 
and I'm serious, you might think, well, isn't, aren't you kind of making a big thing about this, Pastor Tony? I mean, you, just, you interact with them. You smile and you shake their hand. I'm telling you, I've talked to, to probably eight visitors in just the last couple of weeks. And I don't, I don't specifically ask them, um, like, well, what did you like? What did you don't like? I, whatever. They, I'm just talking. But I'm telling you, the vast majority in the last year, let alone the last eight weeks, say they freak out when we try to hug them. They do, I'm serious. They do not want to be hugged. They probably half don't want to have their hands shaked. And is, 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 I don't know how, what that sounds like to you. But actually, because I'm, again, an equipping pastor, I'm in this room all the time. Ask our leaders. I've been telling them th- this since I've been here. I've been telling them, believe it or not, stop hugging and, 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 and as much as you are. Because a per, a new, uh, someone coming in would get eight, ten hugs, and, and they wouldn't come back. It freaks them out. Now, that might seem maybe funny. funny. I don't mean like, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, funny. Well, that's weird, peculiar. But, but it's reality. And so we need to be very careful. Paul said, I become all things to all men that in order that some might be saved. I, I think that's, that scripture is relevant for the context of what I'm speaking here. Is, is Paul was a, a very good at observing who people were in his surrounding, in his everyday life, and responding to them. Now, he wasn't conforming to the world, period. But, in, but he was being transformed by the renewing of his mind in Christ and in relationship. And as he renewed his mind in Christ and his relationship with God grew stronger and the love of God in him grew stronger. As he greeted people, he was observing, he was listening, he was watching. And I can't say, I mean, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that we do this with perfection. But as people of God, if we're walking with him, believe it or not, the spirit of God will help guide how we interact with people. And I'm not going to have people this morning. I almost want to. I got to pray. I almost want to say, who here does not like to be hugged? And I know we're in a Baptist church, so some of you just out of defiance will put your hand up. Well, I love to be hugged, and I love to be hugged twice. And, you know. <laughs> well, hey, tell you what. Everyone that loves to be hugged at the end of the service, come on up. We'll just hug one another. <laughs> I know. That would be awesome. <laughs> this is a big old hug. Let's. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what? Watch this. Every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. See, I, I don't know how this works except for by, again, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. I think sometimes, if you've been in church a long time, I've heard, and I'm not even being critical, just hear me out. I, I'm really seriously not, but well-meaning pastors, even there was times in my life, I would just encourage people, well, you need to serve, you need to serve, you need to serve, and what you do, you do need to serve. But, but the bottom line is, if we're not careful as a, a church and as a leader, as a pastor and a shepherd, we'll, com- we'll, we'll have everyone serving again to the point where, they're, you know, the 20% serve and they just burn out. They're doing a good thing. But, 
the word clearly says every part. If you're a born-again believer, don't shut this down. Don't think, oh, my gosh, you know, Pastor Tony is going to make me serve or he's going to know. I pray the Spirit of God will put on your heart where he has gifted you and that you, you come to a place where you plug into a body where he's placed you, whether you're here, you're listening on the Internet, whatever. This is the body whole. This is just not Pastor Tony in four corners. This is God's desire for his church that every single part, and then you might go, well, but Pastor Tony, I, you don't understand. I'm shy, or I don't, I don't really have any spiritual gifts, or I don't have the time. I don't this, I don't that. You just, we got to take a deep breath. Every part. I mean, he says it so clear here. Every joint supplies and every part does its share. When I first got here, right? And pretty soon, I, I think it takes over a little over a year. I'll start, I'll stop saying when I first got here. But about a year ago, right? Here we start this journey. And I ask our leaders, what do we need? What's the most important thing we need at Four Corners? Answer, we need to grow. Well, why do we need to grow? I mean, not that it was a wrong answer, but why do we need to grow? Well, because if we grow, we'll have, uh, we'll have more budget, and we can do more ministry. We can do more missions. Uh, if we grow, it's a good thing because it's, it's reaching out with the gospel. I mean, it was all great answers and, and right answers. Nothing wrong with that. But then the big question always becomes, how do you grow as a church? I don't, I really, I really think in this area, just hear me out, just I'm not trying to again be stupid here, just hear my heart, and I want to communicate what I think we'll understand, so I'm going to relate it to, probably if we came a little more like Disney, we would grow very fast. Now don't hear me wrong, don't, and I'm not, I'm not downing Disney, I'm really, you understand, okay, I'm watching you very closely because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. If we became a little bit more like the world with a little more entertainment and a little more lights and a little, and not even, okay, churches that have that, whatever. It's not what I'm saying too. But we got to understand if our first heart is not here. Can you have lights? Can you have worship? Can you have, absolutely, absolutely. But don't fade away from every joint every part does its work because the minute if we're not careful as a church as a body the minute we start having the music the lights the 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 media and we have all these things that now become the entertainment less and less people plug in you know why because we don't need you we don't we don't need you to tell your testimony we don't need you to do your to do a drama skit i love drama no, no, wait. <laughs> I don't mean I. I love drama presentations or drama skits. I don't. Man, I. I don't like drama at all. I get enough of that. But it only happens when every part does its part. So I want to encourage us as a body to be praying to to you know if if you're if you're here, and you're a believer. And you're even here for a season of time. It might just be a few weeks. Give me a call. Sh- share your testimony. 
I mean, I, like any good shepherd, I'm going to make sure you're a sheep. Some know what I mean there. Some, some maybe not, but that's okay. I'm going to make. I'm going to make sure I would never let someone just walk in the door and say, "Hey, I, I want to give my testimony. I want this," I've, and and just say, "Oh, here's the microphone, right?" So, so just so that's clearly communicated. But still, at the same time, man, I when I go when I travel, we go to a church. I mean, I don't ask to preach and you know whatever. But how can I serve? We're going to be there for a few weeks. How can I serve? I mean this. Because when I'm serving, this is how we're going to wrap it up. When I'm serving is when I grow. See, even as born-again believers, as someone who has accepted Jesus Christ, put their trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, born-again believer, we can still have an emptiness and a void and still seek purpose. God's will is that we're saved, John 6, 40. And this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. And that's God's will is that we be saved. God's purpose is that we glorify him. I know you've heard this many, many times, but we have to hear it many, many times. I am walking in the will of God. I'm a born-again believer. I am walking in the will of God. We need to stop looking for his will if we're saved. Not, oh, so hold on. I want to be careful there, right? I'm not saying don't pray for God's will. I'm not saying that that um, that we're not to pray, God, is it, your, is, is it your will that I do this or do that? Or, you know, God, I'm praying your will be done. We're praying for someone. So don't, don't take that and run somewhere with it. All I'm saying is a lot of times we say we're born again, but we have no purpose. That ought not to be. As a born-again believer, I'm in the middle of God's will. And my one and only purpose in my life in Him is to glorify Him. That simplifies things very well. That's it. So how does that work out? It works out with God's plan. It works out that we, we live our life through His Word, being sanctified, being set apart, embracing our relationship, growing closer to God. So here it goes. This is it. Now, I'm doing that as an individual, as we all ought to. Right? But how does that play out? How does God's will, his salvation for my life, to glorify him in my life and through my life, how does it play out right here? It doesn't play out with a Lone Ranger. It doesn't play out with me being, even if I was a missionary, all missionaries biblically will plug into a local body somewhere because they understand the extension of that body that Christ has put into the church, his church. The only way I can truly understand the full purpose of my life as a believer is right here. If I cannot get along with you, if I do not plug in my gifts with you, and if you do not plug, I'm telling you, if you do not plug your gifts into the body and you don't you don't come to a place where you're serving and you're using your gifts, you'll never fully come to realize the full purpose of your life because it is God's purpose that we be a church, that we're connected, that we're united. When we do, that's when we pray for one another. That's when we support one another. That's when someone, when you get upset, then you just take a deep breath and say, hey, you take care of that, you know, and, or you take care of that, whatever the case may be. I just want to encourage you this morning by the word of God, serve 
in his church. But not for the sake of 20 years, so now you're still going to be serving and just serving. But for the sake of edifying this body, building each other up, that we will go out into the world and share our word, our testimony, God's word, his love. Amen? That's his call to us. That's what he has for us. I am going to share this. These are areas that line up with our, I'm not going to go through our vision for 2020, but all three of these areas line up, but again, kind of, you know, the big picture that I want you to be praying about. You know, the worship team, which is our team here, um, guys, we don't need a keyboardist and we don't need a drummer. We don't need singers. We don't need in, any of that for lack of a better way to say it. But where does God have us in our worship team? And we're praying. And um, I guess a great example is Dennis. Uh, you know, you guys come here about six months a year? Yeah. Dennis and Kathy. And Dennis approached me and said, um, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to be here six months, you know, and I play this instrument. And then he said the instrument, and I said, I have no clue what you're saying. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. So the worship team, if, there's, if there is a keyboardist out here, there is something going on, just, it's okay. Go Come and audition with Miss Heather. See what's technical, like what Ryan and Whitney do. Some support in the tech booth. So really, there's a lot of different areas of family events, administration, social media. I realize those are so vague, you guys. Um, it's okay to have some preferences, I, I think, if you will. You know, your heart, God puts your heart in the next three or my heart. For God has put a heart in me since day one to reach out to those that don't know him like I didn't. But it took someone telling me. It took someone sharing the word of God. And it's been close to my heart ever since. And you, That's why I push like I do. I've been here. We've got to go. We've got to move out, guys. We've got to share our faith. I mean, it really is the difference between heaven and hell. I know we, we don't even probably want to hear that most of the times. But it just is. We don't want to grow because of numbers. And we don't want a bunch of people here that don't want God, I'm serious. We just want to be faithful in that as people come, we're a body that loves one another and we plug in. We need to be a body that comes together more than just Sunday. We need to be his body. So Philippians 3, 15 and 16, Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this in mind, and if any... You, uh, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. We're all at different places. God knows this. We're, we're, we're different ages in our, our Christianity, if you will. We're in different maturities. God knows all this. But it's when we work together that we can support one another and we can equip one another and we can 
We can work out things much better here, or we ought to, you know, when we come to a disagreement or whatever, or, or, or celebration, right? I mean, if we can't do it right here, we're in real trouble trying to do it in the world. So I'm going to take a moment, and I want to uh, pray. You know, I know there's a lot of needs, and I know um, there's a lot going on, you know, just always. Um, first of all, everyone keeps asking me, which I thank you for, and Trish does too. But so let me, I'd like to speak just real quickly where she's at to you as a whole. Um, Trish, for some of you who don't know, is my wife. Um, she, we were riding uh, bikes in um, Winter Park, and she went off a ravine and uh, broke her, crushed her uh, T12 vertebrae. And so, she, yeah, she's still in a lot of pain, um, taken, I mean, not overdrugged, but sometimes she's a little happy. Um, and at that point, she feels no pain. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a while. You know, we, we did finally get a neurosurgeon to look. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be going to a Popka. Oh, I don't know how that works, but um, just the ride, you know. But so anyway, a neurosurgeon will, will uh, let her know exactly what he feels is going on, which we're claiming and believe no surgery is needed, but it's just a precaution, really. So that's praise God. One day I'll tell you that whole story. God was right in the middle, even even though she got hurt. I'm telling you, God was right in the middle of that. So. Thank you for your prayers, and many of you have sent hugs, and I've, I've been giving her little side hugs, not, not you know, big hugs. And as a body, I want us to pray for uh, our pastor, Roley, Miss Brenda. Um, we're, we're instructed, if you will, and also we're told, and we, we just, you know, we love one another, and we love them. Um, but they will need to, their lease is up um, where they're currently staying. And they've been there for, for several years, but their lease is up, and they'll need to find another home, I think, in about five weeks, if it's that much, about thick, six weeks. So as a body, I want us to be praying uh, for them. Um, they'll be moving out of their current scenario. They're, right now, they're living with their extended family and stuff, and thinking they'll move in just um, Rolly and Brenda, which is good. Yeah, so like, yeah. No. I mean, you love it, right? You love them, you love them, yeah, but yeah. Um, but, I mean, and their their budget for the rental is like six fifty, six fifty. So we're praying, we're claiming, and um, as a body, I want us to pray for them, okay? We'll be praying for them. That's a short period of time, and I know it's it's a heavy burden. All right? Okay. So, here's what I'd like to do. Um, let me see. I'd like for someone to come up, and we're going to still have our offering. But, yes, ma'am? And pray? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Would you pray... You can pray how you how you feel led, but I would like you to specifically pray for Pastor Rowley and Brenda. Thank God for Miss Trish, and then however you however you want to pray from there. Okay, go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless um, Pastor Rowley and his wife, and please thank God for Miss Trish, and please 
bless this offering we are going to collect today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. I love it. God bless you as you go.